This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode 111, 111, make a wish, the first ever episode 111 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Croft McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats, Thank you to my friend, Allie Coyle. She provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com or check out any of her family's three restaurants if you are here in the Orange County area. Fable and Spirit, which is in Newport Beach, Dublin Four Gastropub, and Wine Works for Everyone. Both of those are over in Mission Viejo. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show and you're listening to it on free feeds, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review if you feel so inclined. It helps other folks discover it. You can go to TheBestSeats.com for more content just like this. Check out the merchandise store. The uh, blog should be on its way back, as well as updates about new shows that are coming, including the new podcast, I Know Which You Did Last Sunday, where we are reliving all of your shameful Sunday stories. But don't forget, as always, friendly reminder, you get the very best experience by supporting over on patreon.com forward slash the best seats and signing up at a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you for as little as $2 a month. That's right. The price of a taco gets you admission to ad free listening in perpetuity to each and every episode, early access to each and every episode, and exclusive access to the post-show, as well as a bunch of other features. Woo! All right, housekeeping out of the way. Let's talk about episode 111. Very excited for this one. Uh, Chef Waldo Stout joins me. He has recently helped launch the Beachwood Pizza and Beer um, up in Huntington Beach, Beachwood is a place that's been around for a while. They've been making really, really kick-ass beer. They make delicious stuff. If you've ever had any of their beers, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but now they have moved into restaurants here in Orange County. Uh, sadly, at the time of this recording, they just closed their Long Beach location. Um, but what they've done is basically open up a pizza parlor. Okay, Beachwood Pizza and Beer is really come out of the gate swinging. Now, it's not unheard of for breweries and people that, you know, make beer, et cetera, whether they're making it themselves or they contract their beer out, things like that, to have an option to sell food, right? It keeps people in. More food equals more beer sales, et cetera, builds a sense of community, mini restaurant, whatever you want to call it. A lot of breweries do this. They either have stuff in-house like Brewery X with X Kitchen um, and friend of the show, Trevor Kochak, running the show up there, or they will contract out and bring in food trucks, things like that. Everywhere Beer Co. does this, a lot of other people do as well. What they've done is the opposite here. They haven't opened a beer place and then brought in food second. They're bringing in food first. Their focus is on what Waldo can do. And what he can do is a lot. Now, look, I know we're talking about pizza here. Okay, you're thinking it's fairly simple, right? It's one of those things that a couple of ingredients, you hammer out some pies, you sell some beer, you have a good time. But that's not what they're doing here. They're taking it a step much, much further than that. 
What Chef Waldo Stout is doing is basically taking all of his culinary expertise, and there's a lot of it, as you're going to hear in the show, and pushing it all into the obsession of pizza. Now, what that's really creating is a hell of a good product. I'm going to let him tell you more about it in the show because I wouldn't be able to do it justice here because I'm not the talented one. Chef Waldo Stout is. So let's get to episode 111 of the Best Seats podcast featuring Chef Waldo Stout of the recently opened Beachwood Pizza and Beer. Enjoy. Chef, thank you for taking the time to sit down today at the almost two-month-old Beachwood Brewing or Beachwood Pizza and Beer up here in Huntington Beach. Uh, very excited to chat about a lot of different aspects um, from the dough to the build-out to kind of your backstory. Um, I was going to say the history of this place, but like I said, just about two months old. Uh, before we do that, though, would you mind introducing yourself and giving a little bit of your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Waldo Stout. I am, I guess... Uh, I guess you can call me a pizza guy now. Um, my background is I'm originally from Tucson, Arizona. I moved out here to California about, I don't know, a uh, little over 10 years. I moved out here when I was 19. Um, and then, yeah, um, I've worked all over LA. My background, as far as uh, my resume, I can kind of go down the list if you really want me to. But yeah, it's, well, it's kind of how we got to the pizza part of it. So for sure. Okay. Um, well, so originally, I started off at Kianina in Long Beach, California. And then so from there, that's where I started to cook. And then originally from there, I actually started moving to restaurants up in LA. And I have a, you know, it's kind of a long list, but um, for the most part, the main ones are, I worked at Bestia multiple times. I actually opened up Bavel with Ori um, up there. And then I actually worked at Lodge Bakery, became a baker for a while. I was working at Justa where I really got my hands on dough and really, really kind of, that's where I feel like I became like a, a real baker. And then, so at that same time that I was working at Justa, I was actually working at Roberta's in Culver City at night. So that's where I kind of got my, I guess you can say my my background as far as like messing around with dough and then messing around with pizza and yeah. So that's kind of, you know, the major, major restaurants that I was kind of working at. Well, major restaurants would be an understatement. I mean, anybody listening <laughs> is going to hear something like bestia and immediately be like, Oh shit. So, yeah. but I want to know what took you from that life in LA doing all of that. How did you end up here? How did you end up making pizzas here at this brand new location? Well, um, I guess so during the pandemic, um, I actually helped open up a restaurant in Long Beach called Little Coyote. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I actually walked through the doors the day before their friends and family. And um, I actually was like, hey, are you guys looking for a pizza guy? I was just trying to get through the pandemic and so just get a job and move on. Right. But um, so that kind of actually turned into something that I had no idea was going to turn into. So I ended up being their main pizza guy. And I would, I don't know, it just, that place blew up and kind of went crazy. And, you know, I kind of just used all my techniques from all the past and previous places I was working at and the creativity part where we we're making like different pizzas every weekend and kind of, you know, just 
having fun with it, especially during like a pretty serious time uh, during the pandemic. But um, I, say, I remember when Little Coyote opened and it seemed like it just went zero. It skipped 60 and just went zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We kind of got lucky because, I mean, pizza in general, for the most part, is like so it's already ready for takeout. Right. So it's already everything was put in pizza boxes. Everything was kind of like all ready to go. And we kind of capitalized on that as far as like, you know, and I guess jumping into people's interests and there was not a whole lot going on, I guess, um, pizza wise. Um. Well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me re-evaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef. Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potager, P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloom potager. If you listen to the best seats at all or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, It's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code, thebestseats15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, Go to amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. So Gabe, the owner of Beachwood, comes into Little Coyote. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Beachwood has a tasting room in Long Beach, right? Yes, yes, they do. I mean, well, there's multiple locations now at this yeah, point. But I mean, so. it does obviously would make a reason of why he would be coming in there and kind of checking it out. And yeah, yeah. Um, one of his old managers actually lives on the street right behind it. So oh, they nice. used to okay. come in. And um, yeah, I mean, 
that's kind of like where it started. So they actually, you know, there was a peak of interest there. And then what ended up happening was, is that, so actually a friend of mine um, that does pop-ups with hamburgers, hamburgers, nice. Mm-hmm. Me, me and him actually went out one day and we're hanging out and I actually end up meeting one of the brewers from Beechwood. So that's kind of where that started. And then, so um, his name's Gene. He's uh, the head brewer over in Long Beach. And then, so what happened was, is that <laughs> he actually went back to work and then there was a little commotion like, oh yeah, I met the dude from Little Coyote or whatever. And then that's kind of like where that started. So they hit me up and then we started a conversation and long story short, that was a couple years ago and here we are now. So, so what was the catalyst behind wanting to get Beachwood Pizza and Beer open? I mean, in this area, I mean, we're in Huntington Beach, but we're a little bit removed from kind of that main epicenter. We're kind of off the, the regular kind of beaten path that I think a lot of people think about. This is, I mean, it's a great area for this restaurant because there's neighborhoods that are basically looking for something like this. And it completely makes sense to have this here. But what brought it here? What was the catalyst to be like, yeah, let's do this? So I, I think it's more on um, Beachwood definitely gave, wanted to have a presence back in Orange County with food. Yeah. So originally what happened was, is so there was the, the Seal Beach location for Beachwood and that actually unfortunately had got shut down. And so they wanted to bring that presence to this area. So there was still quite a bit of locals and quite a bit of customers that are in this area still from that existing restaurant. And not to mention Gabe lives right down the street. And so literally lives in this neighborhood and comes to the shopping mall to, you know, or at least in this location to go shopping for groceries. So it's, it's really convenient in a sense that it's just right here. And I don't know. I'm, you know, when we had the conversation, when we started the conversation, I was kind of a little weary about the, about the area, but you know, I was up for the challenge. And then also the fact that, um, I was kind of given all the tools that I wanted to make and do the dough that I'm doing right now. So, I mean, as far as that, um, the dough is kind of something that I didn't even realize that I would be making. Um, I'm milling my own grain, I have, I'm using Sonoran wheat, I'm using Edison hard white wheat, and that's two flours that I'm milling myself that goes 100% into our sourdough starter. So if you would have told me, <laughs> if you would have told me a year ago that I'd be milling my own flour for my own pizza dough, I would have not believed you or believed myself or, or that yeah. statement saying it out loud, you know? It seems the two uh, phrases or words from the pandemic were pivot and sourdough starter because you couldn't look around without seeing somebody baking or trying to or just kind of growing those little animals wherever they could. You mentioned kind of getting into baking when you were spending your time up in L.A. and obviously Little Coyote, you're slinging pies there and doing Mm -hmm. your own thing. But there's a lot of people that can go out and you can open a pizza place and you don't have to do as much work as it sounds like you're doing. You can get away with doing less. I mean, I'm from the East Coast originally, you know, the land of pies, New York City, things like that. But there are people out here doing really good pizza. You could get away with doing less and still find success here in California. What's the drive for you to just do this thing and do it really, really well? Because again, you guys have just been open two months at the time of this recording. And the feedback, as far as I've been looking around, is just, they're crushing it. They're crushing it. They're crushing it. They're crushing it. So. Why, why, why take that passion project and, and really dive headfirst into it? Well, um, it was kind of like a, it was kind of a joke to begin with when, when me and Gabe actually first sat down and we started talking about like the pizza dough and the recipes and like what he was kind of, he 
pretty much left it all to me to like kind of do whatever I want. And so to be honest with you, um, I'm originally from Tucson. My mom's from Sonora, Mexico. And there's kind of a little bit of a backstory there where <clears throat> for me, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that I wanted to make a dough that represented somewhat of my background. So like I grew up eating flour tortillas. I grew up, you know, corn tortillas weren't really like a thing for me. And I grew up watching my mom make tortillas every day or every other day and stuff like that. So there was this connection to making dough that I didn't know. I didn't know that I had, you know, so it was kind of like, I remember sitting there and, and it's, it's really funny. I remember specifically that time I was at Bavel and uh, I looked over to the PETA station and there was like the little dough balls yeah. and there was something in me that sparked that was like, you know what? Like I need to learn how to do this and I need to learn how to like be good at it. And, <laughs> and it was kind of a, it was kind of a rough, like, um, decision to make because we were so early on into opening that restaurant and I actually had to, I walked through the doors at Lodge and just asked for a job. And I was just like, hey, like, I want to come learn how to make bread. I, I'm working at the spot now, but um, I just kind of wanted to just jump into it. So yeah. so the passion behind it, honestly, is just maybe a, there's a representation of like trying to still be involved with what my mom was doing when, you know, watching her growing or watching her make tortillas and um, just kind of doing everything by hand as, as a child. But it was actually pretty funny because I was actually talking to my mom about it after I got into baking and all this stuff. And I was like, mom, you know, like, is this something that, you know, you always used to do? And she's like, yeah. She's like, come to find out my mom and my grandpa and her grandpa, they used to grow wheat for, you know, for themselves. And they used to actually sift it. And they used to, and that was like a whole thing that I had no idea that they did wow. until after I actually started baking. So, um, so yeah, so <laughs> I guess maybe it's like in me or maybe I'm, I don't know, but, uh, I guess the passion behind it is I kind of just wanted to do something completely different and given the tools that I would able to use, Gabe was like, Oh, should I get a meal? Should I get you know, what do you, what do you need to really make something that's going to be really good? And I that's was like, awesome. I was kind of joking. I was like, Oh, maybe we should start milling our own flour. He's like, okay, done. And I was just <laughs> like, I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And, he's just, and then we got a mill and that's awesome to have that kind of like that vote of confidence and that support and that like, and the resources for that. That's huge. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. It's kind of, it is kind of crazy though. Cause it's like, we are milling our own flour. So we're, we're milling Sonoran wheat. Uh, from Camas Country Mills, um, <clears throat> and then we're doing Edison Hard White Wheat, and yep. so I split it up, just because the Sonoran Wheat it has this really nice neutral kind of like little grassy flavor to it, and then the Edison Hard White Wheat actually, when I mill it, it has this really nice like almost like oatmeal-ish kind of uh, like flavor and smell to it, and it definitely comes out in the dough, and whether or not people actually like notice the difference or those nuances. I just, I just appreciate if they like it, you know? Well, I mean, it, it's one thing to say that you come in and you do this and it's a, you know, a split blaze dough or, you know, and you're milling it and stuff, but you didn't just walk in one day and be like, yeah, that'll work. I mean, what was the R and D process like to get to the pies that you're slinging now? Um, so I, I actually jumped on board probably about three months prior to opening up the restaurant with, um, Beachwood. So, 
so Gabe, he got us, um, he got me the mill. And then, so I started, I started milling everything. I was buying, we were getting, uh, we were getting, I was milling malts. I was milling, I like, I was with one of the brewers, the brewer in um, Long Beach, Gene. We are going through all these different wheat berries we can buy and all this stuff. And I honestly probably must have milled maybe like 15 to 20 different styles of wheat berries to finally kind of get to where I'm at now. So, yeah, I mean, I was milling and trying to make like the dough. And at one point I was going super extreme where I was like, trying to I was milling I was trying to make pizza dough with 100% milled flour which is like that was that was that wasn't that wasn't working out that wasn't working out but I was going for it right yeah. and then so I started I started that high and then I started toning everything down um so yeah I mean it just took probably months of figuring it out and then on top of that once you actually get into the restaurant that the dough making small batches of dough versus making you know, I think, I think we're making about like 200 pounds of dough every day wow. now. So it's like that transforms. That's, that's like a whole different beast. The yeah. temperature of the water, the flour, that's, that's the, not bacon, that's production. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, that was kind of like, it was just like a lot of tinkering and messing around with flour and, and I'm still messing around with it just so it's like, it's, hopefully just it's going to transform it's going to get better today's dough is going to be different than tomorrow's dough so well i mean it's such it's a living creature i mean it will naturally kind of change in flavors and things like that too i mean it'll change with the season some it'll change i mean obviously it's stored in a complete you know it's a controlled environment but sourdough it's going to change it's going to alter a little bit so that's got to be fun to play with the evolutions um, I mean, sitting here, you know, where we're recording, I'm looking up at the wall at the mountain of <laughs> beers. And by the way, I, this is not blowing smoke. I'm such a fan of what Beachwood does and the beers that they make and what the team does. And they're so much fun and they're so tasty. Do you incorporate those into the pizzas at all? I mean, working with the brewers and things like that, you talked about kind of looking through different flavors and things. I mean, is there kind of a, a symbiotic relationship between you and the, and the beer teams? Absolutely. Um, so it's actually pretty funny. Um, the culture that we started with, uh, the sourdough, I guess, uh, culture that we have now, it's actually based off of the blenderies culture. So what I did is I actually, I finally found the wheat and the flour that I wanted to use for the starter. And then from there, so I actually got the culture from the blendery and just dumped it in to hydrate the sourdough starter. Nice. And then within a day, it was already like bubbling and like happening. And so, and then obviously I just, comp just feeding it from there. But so, yeah, that's, that's where the starter originated from. So it's actually from the blendery. So, and for people that are, for people listening that you haven't been to it, there's Beachwood Brewing, but then there's the blendery, which is kind of like the skunk works of Beachwood. Like yeah. it's like where the mad science really goes down, which is fun. So yeah. he's not referring to a tool or something like that. He is referring to a place which you can go to and you should go to to check out because that's, if you like really good beer, then you go there and it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, the guy running it over there, Harrison, he does a really good job. And so me and him actually, it's, it's it was a really fun process in the beginning where I got to kind of hang out with those guys and just kind of develop the dough. And I would ask certain questions, what's up with this wheat, how they used it. And it, it's really interesting because brewing is, essentially we're using the same and baking or pizza. It's essentially we're using the same products and making a, or we're using the same uh, ingredients, making different products. So yeah. it's really cool. Um, so there's a lot of things that are, 
you know, in line or parallel. And then they just start, they go left and the other one goes right, which is actually pretty fun. And then, um, one more element to the, uh, to the dough is, is that we actually, the water profile. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not, there's no secret here. I don't care. You know, like if you want to go as far as to, to, you know, do this, go for it. But, uh, we actually use IPA water. So the same water profile that we use for, making IPAs here in Beechwood is the same water profile that we use for making the dough. That's awesome. So, so yeah, so technically, yeah, it's beer water. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it doesn't sound attractive, but I know it tastes really good. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday. You guys are closed on Tuesdays, but you're here. You would be here regardless milling kind of, you know, taking care of stuff in the back, Mm -hmm. start to finish. What's the timeline? for coming in, milling what you need to mill, putting everything together, letting it come to come together as that sourdough with the starter and everything. Mm -hmm. What's the timeline from kind of start to getting out of the oven? Um, So we're looking at, we're honestly looking at about two days, two days, maybe three days. Um, All of the dough that I, all the pizza that I'm making is, or we're making is 48 hours. So I try, unless we get like super busy and I get behind on dough, which is like, I think I've already kind of cleared that out. It is, it takes about a two to well, three day process. Super Bowl is coming. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It takes that long. Um, but I honestly, yeah. Like, like you said on a Tuesday, I'd probably be here. It is closed. So it's like a nice relaxing day for me to actually come in and, and mail flour and kind of do my thing. And, and like, I think I've, I said this earlier, like I will set the mill and then I will just hang out, do some computer work and, or go take a nap on the couch. You know, that's yeah, just kind I mean, of like my thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're just waiting on it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> definitely two days, two days for sure. 48 hours. Um, yeah. Pizza is something that, you know, I was kind of talking about earlier where you could, you could have done less and probably still found success, but you're doing something really, really awesome and going above and beyond, which I think is really, really, really cool and great of you guys. Um, pizza is something that is not really good out here just as a fact there's not that many people making great pizza there's a couple people making very different styles whether it's detroit style um you know many many episodes ago i had the team for jabronis on talking about their detroit pizza from detroit Mm -hmm. um but there's not that many great pizzas out here you guys i mean the response so far like i said has been huge what's that like for you to have something that you put so much work into automatically i mean what's what have you seen what's the response from your guests been Um, everybody seems to really, really like the pizza. And, um, I don't really think that a lot of people like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to put my finger on it because people are kind of like, why is this so good? And And they may not know that entire story of everything that's going into it, but they're like, I like this and I don't know why, but I really want more of it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess the way that I see it is that it's, it's my job to make sure that the product is really, really good. And for our customers and anybody that's coming in to eat pizza, like their job is to know, to taste it and enjoy it. You know what I mean? So the loving care that I put into it and, you know, something that my team helps me accomplish as well. It's just, we've been getting really, really good responses. And to be honest, there's people that live in the neighborhood and they're here probably like four or five times a week, you know, maybe that's a little exaggerated, but maybe definitely like two to three times for sure. But yeah, I mean, the, all the responses have been super great, you know. Um, I mean, at, at the time of this recording, you guys are only dine-in. You're not doing, correct. can you do like call it in and do takeout orders or things like that? You're obviously not doing delivery, but yeah, what is kind of a regular service? If somebody comes in, I mean, first of all, it's got the full bar, obviously Beachwood, left, right, and center, a couple of wines available up there. 
but people can come in. It's a full on restaurant, sit down, enjoy yourself, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we are only doing uh, dine-in. Okay. Um, so if you do come in, you can actually, you can sit down, order a pizza, and then, you know, eat a slice or two. We'll give you a box to take it. The thing is, too, is that we're just trying to work out the kinks of being, yeah. you know, open, um, being a new restaurant. So we, all of that will come into play. But, um, yeah, as of right now, we're just doing dine-in. Um, and then we will, at some point probably pretty soon we're going to start doing takeout and whatnot. So, so yeah, I think that's the right way to do it. Obviously get your sea legs and you don't want to throw too many systems at a new team too fast. Yeah. But you mentioned the support that you do get from your team. I want to ask about that. Opening a restaurant is never easy, especially hiring nowadays. Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing. You mentioned when I was setting up the equipment that you do have a great team underneath you at the moment. Yeah. But when it comes to pizza dough, something that is so intimate, it's yours. You made it, you designed it. Yeah. Literally growing back there and becoming (laughs) delicious. Yeah. How do you deal with relinquishing the control to your team? Is it something you struggle with or does it come kind of naturally? Um, see, now that's where I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Admitting it is yeah, the first step. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I've been pretty much making every single pizza that's been coming out of this restaurant since the day we've opened for the most part. Wow. Um, it's, I'm a little obsessive when it comes to that. It's just, you know, that's kind of always how I've been, but it's the beginning. So yeah. I want, I want to make sure that it's a hundred percent or as close to perfect that it can possibly be. Um, I have a really good sous chef. His name is, uh, Adonis. He actually, I got, we actually met at a pizza pop-up and, um, he, he's a good support system for me because he actually used to work at Tartine. Oh he, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's got a lot of good background as well. Kind of similar to, to mine where, He's worked at pizza spots. He's worked for Tartine. He was a baker. He's worked for some really good restaurants up in LA. So that's, that is a huge help on my behalf for what we're accomplishing here too. But, but yeah, for the most part, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I like last night I left a little early and that was probably the first time since we opened that I left early, <laughs> got, got in the car and had the shakes. You yeah, like, oh, yeah, I need exactly. to go back. <laughs> yeah. Um, coming from the background that you did, you know, again, Bestia Bavel, we're talking about major, major restaurants, places yeah. that are consistently kind of on those top rankings. Um, and then you're coming down here to a more casual environment. Mm-hmm. What was that work transition for you like kind of as far as the kitchen and kind of kitchen management is concerned? Is it nice to be able to kind of exhale a little bit or do you, do you still find yourself kind of in some of those systems sometimes? Um, I mean, <laughs> some of those things are like, they're just embedded into you at yeah. some point. Right. So like you can't let go of those things or I don't know, like, so I think it's, um, what I'm doing is trying to accomplish that high level of food or like making sure that everything is consistent, but in a different manner, yeah. you know? So the way that things get handled in some of those restaurants uh, up in LA and how they accomplish those things, which is awesome because I'm a huge fan of it. It's, you know, I try to, I have to dampen that, that environment down here because it's just not, it's just not the same. But so I guess what I'm, I guess what we do is we try to implement other systems so that the consistency of the food is at that level, but without that, amount of high energy that goes into that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, cause I love that environment, but not everybody loves that environment. No, you know tough. what I mean? I know. Yeah. I know. 
Well, I mean, we've talked about the pizzas. Let's talk about the menu as a whole. Are we just talking pizzas? Are there other items on the menu that are kind of just, you know, off to the side? I mean, people think pizza place. There's kind of those natural menu items that go along with it. Mm -hmm. Break down your menu a little bit. Um, yeah, so the restaurant or the menu for the most part is, um, you know, a lot, a decent amount of appetizers. We got the classics in there. We got wings, um, obviously our list of, um, our list of pizzas we have meatballs on the menu. We have a meatball sandwich. Um, so the cool thing that I'm actually pretty excited about is that we have our house bread. Um, our house bread is basically our pizza dough and then we cook it in our our wood fire oven and it gets all nice and blistery and well we serve it literally just like a bakery would with a little bit of butter on the side um, we actually brush it with uh, garlic confit and so and we hit it with a little bit of malden salt and for the most part ev well not the most part but like everybody seems to really really dig that because and i dig it too because that is essentially the essence of our pizza dough. Like yeah. you are tasting the dough and the dough only. Um, and you know, we're not putting a bunch of toppings on it to like yeah. hide from it. Well, you get to the end, you get the crust, you taste it. But um, yeah, the house bread is definitely something like a fan favorite. I mean, we have like some simple, so simpler stuff on there. We got like a mozzarella dip, which is kind of like our version of like a nice spinach dip. Um, yeah, our wings. We have fermented Fresno wings with honey. Nice. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Black lime. It's um, so it's a lot of those kind of stations of the cross of a pizza place, but done your way. Exactly. And just dialed up to be a little different. Correct. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The um, I think the execution on a on for the most part is uh, is definitely key. It's like simplicity. Yeah. And like you know, but also just making sure that everything tastes good and seasoned, and there's you know, salt and acidity goes a long way, you know? <laughs> I mean, a lot of times when people go to, you know, th this is a restaurant first and foremost. This is not a tasting room. You're not going to the brewery and kind of mm -hmm. doing tastings there. Um, but Beachwood is a well-known and renowned group for a reason. Yeah. They make delicious stuff. I drink it myself. I love it. I'm a mm -hmm. huge fan of it. Um, and like I said, that's not just blowing smoke. That's just a fact. Yeah. A lot of people, when they go to a beer specific place are going for the beer first and the food second, mm -hmm. even two months in, have you noticed at times that people might be coming for the food first and the beer second? And are you and Gabe still talking if that's the case? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, people come. I mean, I, I, I think first time people or customers that come, they come for Beachwood. Yeah. And then they're like, you know, they come for the beer, stay for the food, you know? So I think that's a huge one. And, you know, I was sitting, I think I was hanging out at the, the bar literally yesterday and there's a set of guys, two dudes, and they were, I knew their order because they get a specific pizza with extra black garlic and all this stuff on it. And I was like, oh, I've seen your order. I've made your pizzas before. And I was like, those guys come in at least, you know, twice a week. And here I was sitting right next to them. Um, yeah, they, uh, I think people, people are really digging the food and digging the pizza. And I really hope that they're staying for both and not just one. No, or the and other. I should say that I'm obviously <laughs> saying that facetiously. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be nice when you have something to the quality of these beers to now have a food program that matches. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many great people that go out and they have these great beers, but the kitchen is not quite there. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, what yeah. you guys have done is really accomplished something really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, as we kind of start to wind down this main episode, and obviously I'm going to keep you around for a bonus episode for subscribers. Um, you, we've talked about this product a lot, the dough, mm -hmm. 
one really good thing is that there are a lot of people, we're fortunate in California, that if you have a backyard, I don't know about you because I'm an apartment person myself, <laughs> um, but for people that do have the space to cook pizzas at home, yeah, are you guys currently or do you think in the future you'll be at a point where you're selling just ingredients for people to cook on their own, the dough and things like that? Yeah, um, so we're actually in the process right now of uh, selling our um, our pizza flour mix or mm -hmm. our flour mix. Um, so if you want to come in and I mean, if you if you really are, you know, that type of person that wants to actually make pizzas in your backyard and you want to come in and maybe grab some flour from us, we actually will go ahead and sell it to you and we'll actually sell That's you. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll sell you the actual flour mix that we use. So you're going to get whole meal or you're going to get freshly milled flour in there there's actually five different flowers that go into our pizza dough. So you will be able to buy that and take it home and, you know, make pizzas on your own. And if you need any pointers, you know, I will gladly come out and come help. <laughs> or <laughs> at you, least, but you got to figure out the IPA water on your own. Yeah, there, yeah you get out. No, we sell it. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> up there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So we got, yeah. If you look at the bottle up there, it's the IPA water. So, so yeah. I've seen a lot of waters in my time. Alkaline water, electrolyte water, IPA water is a yeah. new one. I like it. Yeah. That's awesome. It's new for me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know this is, an, this is an early question because this is the early stages of a restaurant, mm -hmm. but two months in, things are going pretty good. Systems seem to be in place. You have a team. Takeout's coming soon. The menu's yeah. built out. The beers are great. What do you kind of see on the horizon as we kind of shift into kind of summertime here in Huntington and, and things really... Ideally, I think, based on the food and everything else alone, will really pick up. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just hope that it continuously stays busy. Um, I am going to introduce other different items to the menu. Um, you know, right now it's kind of set in stone just because we're getting our legs and yeah. we're getting moving. But for the most part, um, all of our, you know, all of our products that we use are of the highest we can get. Um, I'm definitely going to start introducing a lot more farmer's market driven um, items on the menu. So that's something that um, we actually have a relationship with a couple different vendors in Santa Monica. So the fact that we can, you know, bring some more vegetable dishes or some, you know, obviously change with the seasons. We're definitely not that pizza spot that it's like heavy, greasy food. And that's what you get. It's yeah. more of like, I understand if it's hot outside, it, you know, needs something a little more delicate, a little lighter to eat, you know? So in the future, there's definitely going to be a lot of new items that are going onto the menu based off of the seasons for sure. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, well, chef, I'm going to wrap up this main episode. I'm going to keep you around for a bonus episode, um, where we're going to chat a little bit more and I'm going to ask the most important question of where does pineapple belong in a pizza, but I don't want you to answer that yet. Um, if our, people our, want, <laughs> no, I don't want to answer that now. <laughs> uh, if people want to follow kind of you learn more about the restaurant, come in, get information for themselves to come in, check out the menu. Where can people go do that at? Whether it's social media, websites, things like that. Um, well, we have our own Instagram here uh, for Beachwood. So it's Beachwood Pizza and Beer HB. Um, if you feel inclined to follow me, my uh, my name on Instagram is AZ underscore Waldo. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. If you want to come chat with me, talk about pizza or whatever it may be, you need some pointers for making pizzas at home. I used to do that during the pandemic. So I'd be more than happy to give you some pointers or if you're looking to buy an oven or something along those lines, 
you know, I'm, I'm always willing to chat as long as it's not Friday or Saturday night and you're trying to holler at me. <laughs> and we did, and I do want to mention really quick, we mentioned that you guys are closed on Tuesdays. Mondays, you guys are open. So like for industry people, swing through, check correct. it out for yourselves because I know that that's your weekend. Um, other than that, you guys are open the rest of the week too? Yeah, correct. So um, we are open on Mondays. I wanted to be open on Monday specifically so that we have industry people that come in. Um, on top of that, yeah, we're just closed on Tuesdays every or open every other day other than Tucson or Tuesday. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, chef, thank you for the time. Of course. Um, super excited just to see you guys grow and congratulations on the early success. I know it's only going to be sustained and keep going. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks for uh, putting up with my nervousness in the beginning. This is my <laughs> Absolutely, first, first podcast. <laughs> Happy to. I appreciate the time, brother. All right. Take care. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Chef for taking the time to sit down. Thank you to all of you, um, especially the people that support on Patreon each and every month. We've had some really great growth. Um, I'm super excited to bring you guys more shows, more content. Again, I know what you did last Sunday is going to be a really fun one. You can submit your stories for consideration for that show now over at thebestseats.com. You'll find a page there in the content tab. If you're listening on free feeds, thank you as well. I really appreciate the support. Thank you so much to Ali Coyle, who for, uh, provides music for the show. And thank you to everybody who does advertise through Patreon. Don't forget, if you have a business and you want to advertise on the show, you can go to patreon.com and sign up for that. It's going to be a lot cheaper than anywhere else you're looking. And you're going to hit a great market of people that love food, love drink, and love great pizza. Thank you again, Chef Style. Thank you to everybody. Be nice to each other. Tip your bartender. Stay off Yelp. Drive safe. I'll see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Zarino Arena, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Sarah Hines, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, John Sanchez, Timothy. Thank you for your support.